Hello, Sunlit Ones. My name is Tyler. And my name is Brooke. And this is Cosmere Conversations. a doozy for you in this episode. We sure do. The Sunlit Man has been a wonderful book. When we read it, we were saying to ourselves, we've got a lot of podcast episodes to work on. Yes. We've already taken Zigzal's journey to Nomad and to Zellion, and we're going to be looking at in this episode the planet itself, the planet of Canticle, which I want to start us right off the bat. Do you think... There is a weirder planet than Canticle in the Cosmere. I think it's definitely up there in its weirdness. I feel like maybe it is somewhat on par with Taldane, just in the sort of complexity of things that are happening, where on Taldane you have energy, and they're sort of similar in this way. They have energy coming from the sun or investiture coming from the sun, and then the way that it works its way into like a usable form is a little bit more convoluted than what we see in a lot of other places. Definitely the convoluted nature of the investiture and how that works. As a planet, I maybe thought Threnody or even Cell, but those are more caused because of their investiture weirdness, the shades Mm. on Threnody Mm -hmm. and the dominion devotion like not existing as pure shards all that jazz kind of made those ones stand out but i think as a planet talking about the geography taldane is probably the best call because the tidal locked nature of that planet influences the societies and the magic system and everything that we see in that story but i think canticle is at the top of my list of weirdest planets that we've seen in the Cosmere. Even, you know, something like Rashar, which does feel very alien in a Mm. lot of respects, is not really close to just how strange the planet of Canticle is. So we wanted to do kind of just an episode on the setting on this planet and then how the investiture works on that planet. Yeah, because it's all tied together. But let's just start with sort of the regular physical appearance uh, of the planet. Uh, This is a planet that has rings, which I don't think we have any other Cosmere planets so far with rings. So that's kind of cool. It's described as, quote, a planet that wore a crown, end quote, which is a nice metaphor. Right. I think that Saturn in our galaxy is probably, if not the most well-known planet, certainly the most like visually stunning when you see the images come in. And I agree that For how common, I believe, rings are around planets, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen one, and certainly not one where it's a central feature or focus, and that's kind of, I guess, an untapped resource that Brandon hasn't really gone into until Canticle, Mm -hmm. because I do think it's a striking imagery when you have a planet with the rings surrounding it and then obviously what you were saying about the sun and the kind of investiture magic like all coming from that source as well i just i want to see more of that and i would be really excited if in the future there were some 
technological rings around planets. Oh, made sure. Like akin- a foundation kind of yes, situation. Exactly. With its little elevator sky bridge thing or later season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's definitely possible for the future of the Cosmere. We also have this description, quote, brilliant blue and gold circling the planet, sweeping high in the air, extending as if into infinity, end quote, to describe those rings. And while the people of Canticle are so centrally focused on escaping the <laughs> yeah, sun, staying alive, I imagine that if we had a Adolin and Shallan-esque date, you would just want to go up and like to a high peak and check out the rings and just see how pretty they are is like, you know, the stars are passing and you just have these big rings that are occupying yeah. maybe for what on earth is the moon. Cause there's so many stories about the moon and the right. importance and significance of the moon. I feel like for Canticle people, if they ever had a moment to relax, yeah. they would really <laughs> yeah. love this view. I'm curious also if the, Colors were chosen for a reason, um, as far as I know. Like, colors that rings appear have to do with the content of them, the different... The molecular makeup, the the structure of yeah. the different... Whatever happens to be in those rings is then reflected in the color. Yeah, so if, if there's somebody, a science person out there who is like, oh, blue means there's a high concentration of... Iron. Sure. Would be my guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's correct, but like, yes, it would be some type and like, of... like, yeah, maybe that was on purpose for Brandon's part, and I don't know. Maybe we'll see that come back in the future. Yeah, because we have some tidbits, some words of Brandon direct from our visit to Dragonsteel that we're going to incorporate later into this episode. Yeah, we put a couple of Dragonsteel hot off the press quotes in here. For example, uh, in regards to the size of canticle brandon called it the little prince planet yes which Le- was adorable Le Petit Prince is perhaps one of the most well-known stories that deals with a, a tiny planet yeah where, and uh, everyone has seen the the classic image from that book of the tiny little planet and then the little prince standing on top of it incongruously large compared to the planet I feel like that actually gives us a really good baseline for understanding Canticle because if you try to imagine the little prince's planet and like what that would mean for the little prince himself, if if he happened to be on that planet, how would that gravity affect him and how would the movement on that planet affect him? That's kind of what we're going to get into a little bit today. Brandon, of course, does it more realistically than that silly story. But the functional baseline that he begins with is a planet that is very small, especially compared to larger planets like Rashar, even Earth-sized planets like Scadriel. We are talking much, much smaller than anything that we have as a comparison. Direct from the source, we have that the rotation of the planet, that's a single day, not a revolution around its star. But a single day takes about 20 hours, but a canticle hour is roughly half of a Rasharan hour. What this means is that one canticle day takes about 10 galactic standard hours. And we have a galactic standard now at this point in the Cosmere. In the story, (laughs) yes. We have the BEUs, the breath equivalent units, and a galactic standard. Yeah. So there's a lot more collaboration and 
uh, standardization happening across the Cosmere between planets. This makes a lot of sense, especially with the information that we got from Yumi about the Iron Seven Way Station, which we can only imagine is some type of space station crossroads of sorts that exist near Kamashi. But in our own world, standardization of things like time zones came along with the expansion of railroad lines, especially across the United States. You have this huge continent that is introducing faster and faster means of travel, and then that requiring organization and standardization, I think that's also what we see in the Cosmere. Basically, like as people were able to move further and you know travel outside, they start interacting, trade in the very normal sense, but also trade in the investiture sense. You need uh, the beginnings of standardization. And that's why by the time we get to the Sunlit Man, we have breath standardization and a galactic standard hour. Canticle, about 10 hours. So it's a very short rotation Super short day, and it is possible for the people to circle the planet in about four hours. So you can go all the way around the planet in less than half a day. Completely mind-boggling when just like a trip from within the United States to get to Salt Lake City in order to go to the Dragonsteel Convention probably occupied about four hours of most people's (laughs) day, unless they happen to be local. But like, you know, traveling to your local airport, getting on the plane, all that weight, then arriving at a hotel, that's probably easily four hours, if not more, depending on where a person was traveling from. And to circle or encircle an entire planet in that amount of time is really mind warping. It doesn't make a lot of sense to my brain it's wild but the canticle people are doing this every single day because of course they're racing the sun and that's kind of the other side of this equation we have the planet itself and kind of the gravity and the ecosystem that it creates but we also have the sun as an important factor let's talk about the the gravity first though Yeah, because it doesn't match the size of the planet. Quote, most worlds with this kind of gravity, he explained, are much bigger. You've got something dense at your core. Invested, I'd say, since no natural element could create this kind of a gravitational pull and leave the planet livable. Your atmosphere also seems to thin at an alarming rate. From my estimation, a thousand feet up and you're well into the death zone. No wonder you only hover your ships 30 or 40 feet in the air. End quote. Yeah, another mind-warping aspect of this planet is their inability to fly upwards. They're they're almost like Mario people, you know, existing in two (laughs) dimensions only. They got a tiny bit of that third dimension or second dimension, whatever, height. They're not using a lot of that height. It was really throwing me off when I was reading it because I kept imagining them like flying, flying, flying. yeah, regular flying. And then I have to remind myself that they're only like 50 feet off the ground. I don't know if I've ever seen anything fly 50 feet off the ground. So like, I literally don't know what that looks like and can't imagine it. Right. It's more <laughs> akin to a balloon floating in space <laughs> yeah. rather than it is an object that is flying. Right. I think that This is really difficult for us to understand. Now, I don't quite know what it means by the death zone. I guess that's when a a normal human without a suit could exist. Mm -hmm. But like Earth's atmosphere goes out about 60 miles out from 
the mean sea level or wherever you happen to be measuring from. So 60 miles or about 330,000 feet is what we're talking about. Now, is that the death zone? No, it's probably way, way beyond the death zone. But you're talking miles upwards. Yeah. And on Canticle, these people can't go over a thousand feet. Exactly. And so we, again, don't have a great comparison. And I don't think that any other planet in the Cosmere is similar in this regard. It is basically forcing the people to remain locked in this existence that they have until Nomad and the events of the end of the story kind of like change their perspective, you know, give them a renewable resource and give them some hope for developing differently but i think this is one of the great things that brandon does is he's using the environment as we talked about previously to mimic nomad's journey always on the run Mm -hmm. always you know this great desire to keep moving and progressing and not staying still but that also means maybe like moving past your trauma or like refusing to deal with what has happened in the past is kind of the journey that nomad is on but so too for the people on canticle they are locked into this race that they can't escape they can't elevate beyond and they don't really have a lot of hope for changing their circumstance i'm curious uh, like of course the question is how did they get here we it seems like they came via regular space travel not through the cognitive realm So, like, they must have had a ship that was able to get through the atmosphere, you know, and keep them alive. But then where is that ship now? Did it just stop working? Did they disassemble it and just resign themselves to staying on this planet? They don't seem to have a whole lot of initiative to get off the planet. And maybe that's just because, like you're saying, they're constantly running. They don't have a whole lot of extra brain space to think about, like, what will we do? (laughs) They're just living hour by hour, minute to minute. But that is a question sort of bouncing around in the back of my head. And when I first started this book, I thought maybe this was another planet in the Threnodite system. Mm. It is not. I checked our star chart that we have on our wall uh, of the Threnodite system. Canticle is not one of those planets, but it does have a similar name. The name of the planet, I assume the Threnodites have named it, and they've named it in the same convention as the rest of the planets in the Threnodite system, which are all named after songs, music. A Canticle is a hymn or a chant. And in the Threnodite system, we have Threnody, Elegy, and Monody, which are all different words for basically a funeral song or a song for the dead. There is also a moon in that system, which is named after a Scottish funeral song. And then interestingly, in the Threnodite system, there is an outer orbit planet that's called Purity, which is obviously not in that same name convention so questions about that and maybe it has something to do with some weird investiture influence yeah i could imagine that maybe being a spot that is saved from the destruction because you have all of these funeral songs songs of the dead you have threnody which is you know known as hell Hell. (laughs) and this concept of like the dead coming back to life or the dead kind of haunting you with shades and so if you had a planet that was outside of that trend it might be one that was for example protected Mm -hmm. from the the 
I death wonder that spread throughout that uh, system. Yeah, I like that idea. I wonder if it's a little bit similar to the Rasharan system, where you have people living on Rashar, which is sort of a uh, middle world. Yes. And then you have Braze, the planet that's associated with hell, and Ashen, the planet that is sort of associated with like the afterlife or the tranquiling halls kind of thing. Um, if it's almost the same, where you have Threnody being hell, maybe you have Elegy or Monody as like a middle world type thing. Maybe one of them is like a purgatory ish thing. And then Purity would obviously be your, your heaven, your afterlife beauty and wonder i do think that it's a concept that brandon is playing with in the cosmere as you mentioned rashar being the most obvious example so i wouldn't be surprised if it showed up elsewhere you also have the kind of very dualistic nature that we see throughout the cosmere taldane being the best example of that but maybe too now canticle as well with just a very clear night and day cycle and this you know, escape from hell, literally like burning alive or being burnt alive yeah. and trying they to They really exist. just went from the, you know, frying pan to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's only frying pan or fire on yeah. this world. You can be in the frying pan and then try to get out or you can be in the fire and not make it out. <laughs> yeah. Unless your name is Zellian. So we know that Canticle is not in the Threnodite system. Do you have any like ideas or theories about where in the Cosmere it might be? Well, it's strange, I think, that you would ask because the whole nature of Nomad's journey is that he's basically been around the Cosmere so many times that he has yeah. outpaced He is just Hoy. like pinballing yes. around. And so he's just been every, he is uh, the Johnny Cash uh, song, just I've been everywhere, man. And that's him across the Cosmere. Oh, now I really want country singer Zellian in his old oh, age. No. But I would be surprised if Canticle was in a shard system, a system mm. with a shard. It oh, seems like really? that would have garnered attention Hmm. of sorts yeah threnody exists in a non-shard system has multiple planets yeah because their shard was shattered but we don't know or at least i don't know was it that shard's system or did the shattering of that shard simply happen in the threnodite system Mm. did they jump or skip you know while they were trying to get away from odium and eventually just got to the threnodite system the shard you mean exactly and i i'm not 100 percent certain if we know that if it was like that's true however we do see at the end of the sunlit man nomad skip to what we believe is the utol system with Kamashi and Utol. Just a theory. We don't actually know where he goes. That's definitely true. We don't know where he goes. I think that, therefore, maybe there is a linking between the different secret projects and the Lumar system would be a potential home of Canticle the planet. And Mm. so he went from like, one secret project to the other is you know functionally how i'm thinking about it i feel like it's probably not in the same system as a bunch of aethers i don't know i think if it was going to be in an existing system it might be more similar so like maybe it's close to the taldane system or something but yeah i think generally we don't know 
I believe it's stated that it is not possible to see uh, the constellation that they call Tom's scar, I believe, like the red. There's like a series of red stars that are able to be seen from a couple different planets. And I do not believe they're able to be seen from Canticle. Yeah. So, so that's sort of our only geolocation for this planet. That's kind of my only other guess is that it is a system well outside the sphere of most of the other planets in the Cosmere. It's kind of like on the outskirts, basically where Mal and his crew in... <laughs> Firefly would be hanging out, you know, way far away from the galactic center of Scadriel and Rashar. Yeah. And I could definitely make sense of that because we have some theories and speculation brought upon by Brandon at Dragonsteel about kind of like the nature of Canticle as a whole. And so if you if were on the outskirts, that may be a place where someone could be doing a little bit of testing, a little bit of playing around yeah. with the planet itself. We will get there in just a moment. Let's just continue with some of the sort of physical properties of the planet, and then we're going to get into all of the weird stuff. Yeah, because we know that there's no perpendicularity on Canticle, at least according to the Scadrians. So if they don't know about it, and they're very advanced at this point, it's probably a good bet that there's no obvious perpendicularity, which means the only way to get there is via space travel. Yes. So that's also a good argument for there not being a shard on this planet. If there was a shard hanging out there here, there would probably be a perpendicularity. There is the potential for a temporary perpendicularity, which I'm guessing would be like Dalinar slapping his hands together and creating honors perpendicularity. It would be something like that. Um, Sigzel says something about that to the Scadrians in a conversation. So apparently that is possible for more than just Dalinar on Rashar. Yeah, I think there's a big question about what is a perpendicularity and then how prevalent are perpendicularities. Again, previewing what's about to happen in this episode, but Brandon did read directly from a chapter, an interlude of Stormlight 5, where there are seemingly a number of perpendicularities that all appear at once. And I don't think those are permanent perpendicularities. Mm. I think that temporary perpendicularities might be something we see more in the Cosmere. Maybe as radiance expand yeah. and become like a Well, fifth and obviously ideal. this would be something you would investigate in terms of magical technology. If you're going to teleportation, create, start to create fabrials, of course you would want to create a fabrial that could use those same surges and create a perpendicularity on demand. We see in Rhythm of War that Dalinar is sort of always needing to be on hand to do the thing and like transport people. So if you can put that in a device and divvy them up or through your troops, obviously that's an advantage. Yes. And we have an example of that Fabriel already in existence. The sibling and the Oath Gates, I think, are an example of on a large scale or right. on a very big scale yeah. what is possible. But then we have the mother of machines, Navani out there working. I could imagine her contribution being personal teleporter devices yeah. a la Star Trek, 
more than anything else we've seen and, and just kind of being like a beam me up Scotty type <laughs> of situation. Yeah. Okay. And then let's talk about the volatility of this world. Because as we have said many times, we've got this race for survival constantly happening on Canticle. And here's how it's described, quote, sunrises in the West here behind us, chasing us, vaporizing everything in its path, superheating water in a flash. We don't dare get too far ahead lest we reach the sunlight again. So ahead of us in the East, the planet rotates and plunges everything into sudden darkness. I'll bet this storm is the aftermath of that, created at sunset by sudden cooling of all that superheated water, end quote. Lots going on. <laughs> yeah, this was probably one of the hardest things for me to grasp while reading is just how little time actually exists for the people of Canticle. I'm kind of comparing it to Earth. And so if you have a day-night cycle that just to you know be very broad is on like 12 hours, 12 hours. Sure. They're dealing with at most something like two hours, right? Because they can circle the planet in four hours total. Yeah. And so they have functionally no time. There's like this small window. I was imagining their window of air to be much larger. <sighs> and then basically, like, we got 12 hours to spare. You know, we can take a little rest. No, they're always moving. Like, yeah. they're sleep But schedules. they also, like, you can't get ahead. Never can you get ahead. You yeah, can't you ever You always go have to go at the, like, perfect pace basically but you can never stop you can never stop you can never <laughs> this go is faster the ultimate cross-country race yeah it's like telling you know, kids in school just be like there's a whole book ahead of you but you need to read at the pace of the slowest reader like one page a day that's what we're gonna do and you can't ever go faster you would hate that situation if you had to keep up with my oh, pace it was impossible <laughs> i in school i would be done with the book in a day and then just absolutely hating my life as everyone read aloud in class. And we also know that there are near constant scattered showers happening in the dark zone or what is the livable zone. Right. So you've got rain all the time in the dark zone, a huge storm happening at sunset, and then the sun obviously burning everything to magma and terribleness. Very chaotic weather happening. You don't really have any time when you're like, oh, this is nice. Unfortunately, that mythical date between Adolin and Shallan is never happening because no. these people don't have no time for romance. No. <laughs> I can't imagine what mating rituals are like for the Canticle people because it's got to just be like, hey, we're around the same age. I guess we're now mated for yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, it seems fitting that the Threnodites are sort of based on the early settlers of the Americas, the Puritans, because they, you know, also were trying to survive and mating was probably a much more practical thing of just like, hey, you're my neighbor. Time to start making babies. Guess we'll do it together. <laughs> this whole situation on the planet also means that the planet has a really short life cycle. So it's not that there are no plants or even no animals, which we will get to in a moment, but everything 
grows like a time lapse, basically, uh, and then is obviously then killed when the sun comes. But in those in-between times, like full forests are described as growing in those two hours, four hours. Yeah, it's basically like everything is a fruit fly, just has the shortest possible lifespan and is birthed, lives and dies in between the sun coming around, roasting everything, the concept of an entire world or, you know, mini worlds, worlds upon worlds existing in such a short period of time, again, doesn't make sense because the biggest thing, the most important thing for us here on Earth is stability over time. We don't like it when Mm. things change quickly and neither do all of the plants or animals on Earth. That's I'm why thinking it has to be a really intense version of some of the plants on Earth that have specific seed cycles related to cyclical natural wildfires. There are plants that have seeds specific to that type of heat that like only activate for during fires and that actually helps their growth cycle and this must just be a really intense version of that like all the plants have evolved to be activated by being incinerated (laughs) yeah i think that's a great call in an increasingly fast lifespan and a system that is basically a little bit what you were saying with just like happening instantaneous happening because of the fire but i also think there's something akin to what is happening on rashar with like plants or animals that are hiding in some way they we don't get a lot of description about either the flora or the fauna on canticle but i do think that some of these species be they plant or animal have to be able to resist that planetary destruction that happens every single day multiple times a day and when you have the life cycle happening this quickly it seems like you would also get evolution more quickly right you know like your species is going to have to adapt more quickly to have that short life cycle or to be impervious to magma or something (laughs) however they're surviving but no no individual landscape features stay the same throughout this process so it's hard for me to imagine how how the animals are living uh we've got a quote in our notes buried somewhere about the animals it's literally one mention that's very small but just huge question mark there of like how how do you exist do do you fly maybe maybe they all fly and they just hover above the ground or something yeah i would think that insects are probably the most comparable species to what has to be existing on canticle and you could definitely imagine if there was a needed short lifespan that insects who can fly as you're saying are going to be the ones that are most successful in that type of situation Mm -hmm. i imagine just a horde of mosquitoes that's moving along with the rains and the like scattered showers in the darkness would be the best possible species yeah and then maybe they land probably the answer and then grow from there and like the new generation goes out while the old generation is incinerated yeah like animals also just have to be 
constantly moving like the threnodites in the in the shadow basically it is important to remember that the threnodites are not from canticle so there is a huge divergence in what we are talking about now native canticle plants or Mm, animals and mm. the people of this story although i mean you have to say there's also a big division between these people on canticle like you would maybe just call them the canticleites at this point none of them ever lived on threnody right you know so they're also distinct from actual threnodites on threnody i definitely agree with that they're not really threnodites but they're also not native to the planet of canticle yeah so simply because they move around with the natural shadow that is appearing doesn't mean that every single species has to do that as well they may have adaptations that allow them to survive in some way or seed in some way that we simply don't recognize or don't understand because we don't interact as much with the actual planet itself but i i really love this next quote as a description of the planet itself it brings in a single word which is primordial and i hope that that will give us a great picture of what this planet is like quote it's remarkable like a primordial planet still forming what would it be like to live in a place where you could make no maps a land with no familiar landmarks nothing permanent except what you carried with you end quote I think that summarizes basically everything that we're talking about. The lack of any permanent landmarks or way ways to familiarize yourself with the environment is just so detached from the reality of humanity or of any of the people that we've seen around the Cosmere. Think of how important the nation states of Alethkar and Thalina and even the, you know, the great towers like the sibling. Yeah. Well, they have groups, you know, they have nations. They just don't have a permanent residence, basically, other than their ships, which I'm now finding extra interesting with uh, Brandon's recent speech about liminality and sort of the the in-between. And the Canticleites are always in between. They never arrive at their destination. They are always on the journey. Yeah, definitely sorry for all the word of Brandon drops that we are about to do in this episode. If you have not had an opportunity to listen to some of Brandon's remarks from Dragonsteel, his main speech that he gave was all about those liminal and transitional moments in life. And it makes a lot of sense that The Sunlit Man was one of the books he was working on while he was thinking about these transitional times in life. And it is simply a small example among the bigger works that he was working on, The Lost Metal, Defiant in the non-Cosmere universe, as well as Stormlight Archive 5. So he's concluding several series and also wrote The Sunlit Man, and I feel like that's a magnifying glass onto what he was thinking about and what he was kind of working and processing. It's like a a way to really hone in on a specific aspect and this feeling of like constantly needing to be moving and transitioning and, and never able to rest or stop is probably a reflection how Brandon feels right now. 
Okay, and then to get into some of the more interesting aspects of the planet, the core of the planet is absorbing the investiture from the sun, which results in the ground rapidly cooling and then cracking. And from those cracks, flammable gases emerge and then like light on fire, basically. And it's described, quote, like an electric current, like lightning forming a current between cloud and ground, only this time between sunlight and the core of the planet, end quote. That is really where things clicked for me is when it had this description of lightning forming a current between the cloud and the ground. I'm sure we've all heard about lightning that it is necessary to kind of like have that link. And when you slow down lightning, you can even see that it's not normally coming from the cloud itself down to the ground in a like beautiful, easy to understand linear pathway. It can in fact seemingly emerge from like the middle space, the transitional space and reaching out and kind of like grabbing power all along until it is linking both the ground and the cloud and the sky. And then you get this burst of electricity. And that is normally what us humans see when it's not super slowed down. But it is kind of this like the energy is finding the path that is most perfect for it. And then once the link is fully made, you get the burst of energy along it. And that's a lightning bolt. I mean, in this case, I think it is more set in the way that it's happening. It's not quite as unpredictable, maybe as lightning might be because like the energy is coming from the sun and it is being drawn into the earth. So that is a much more direct path that it's being channeled into. And of course, the comparison or the imagery that is used is that of a light bulb. So, quote, everything between the sun and the core, it acted like the filament of an incandescent light bulb, superheated by the transfer of energy, end quote. So as the investiture is moving from the sun and being you know, magnetically pulled towards the core of the planet, everything in the middle is kaboom. A total bummer of a kaboom, but it's that incandescent light bulb nature that allows for the eventual discovery about the renewable ability of the sun hearts and how we can again, have some hope for these people. Now, for me, as you mentioned really early on, I hope it's their ability to get off this planet and not <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, now we can stay here a little bit easier. No, guys, yeah. make a big ship, like, fly away. Use the little bit of extra time and like brain power that you're going to have to figure out how to escape this planet. Charge up a bunch of batteries and get your freaking ships out of orbit. <laughs> Now, the weird thing and maybe the difference in an incandescent light bulb with Canticle is that the planet itself is absorbing investiture and that is making it more dense, kind of yes. like collecting in the planet's core. It is almost purposeful, one could say, as if the planet was needing the investiture and wanting the investiture and like converting it into the source that was beneficial 
We don't know maybe what the benefit is for, but it is seemingly purposeful. And I will conclude that thought. I mean, we don't have to say seemingly. We're going to read this uh, word of Brandon from Dragonsteel Convention. I didn't want to jump ahead of your notes. You got like three more to go. (laughs) But I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited to bring this in because at Dragonsteel, we had a questioner who asked, Quote, so what's up with Canticle? You've got the sunlight, it appears to be invested, and then the planet's core is trying to suck it up. And you know, where does it go after that? Or what does it... Yeah, Canticle was built for a very specific purpose by a very powerful being in the Cosmere that I will someday get to. You're going to see much more stuff like this. Basically, mega structures that take planets or other sort of heavenly bodies. So it's not like some avatar of autonomy or anything like that? It's not an avatar of anything. It was built for a specific purpose, yes. Just wait till I get to the grand apparatus. You're going to love that. What was that voice that talked about a future Cosmere planet? Hmm. End quote. And then the entire room goes, what? Honestly, like I was in the room and I did not hear half of this quote because I was freaking out about the other half of the quote that I had heard. (laughs) Every bit of this is insanity. We'll we'll put the end at the end. We will get to the grand apparatus in a bit. But he begins the response with Canticle was built for a specific purpose by a very powerful being in the Cosmere. And there are going to be more things like this mega structures that are using planets or other heavenly bodies. What the Hack. Breaking our brains a whole bunch, but this is what I've been alluding to, and now we have arrived. Canticle was built. It was designed. It was done for some purpose, which we do not know. Yeah, this system of investiture transfer, basically, was done on purpose. So I'm assuming that it would be a shard that did this. Like a shard came and put some piece of itself invested the sun. And I don't know how you would make the core be nom nom investiture, (laughs) but (laughs) apparently they did. It reminds me of Nightblood, obviously, in the way that it just like slurps investiture unendingly. And then I'm wondering, is Nightblood getting heavier Right. Like, is Lyft getting jacked every time she runs with Nightblood? Is Seth about to become the strongest man in the world because he's doing curls with an ever increasing weight of Nightblood? Yeah. Like, if you keep killing people with Nightblood, does he just get heavier and heavier because he's sucking in more and more investiture? Okay. I have a lot of thoughts on this because I personally have held Nightblood. Now we're just bragging about going to Dragon's I held Oathbringer, and which I is think far it was heavier. way heavier than Nightblood. Yeah, that was something I like somewhere... 60 pounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like 60 pounds of aluminum. Uh, Nightblood was a little bit lighter, but I, I think you're on to something. I think that the concept of, is it Nightblood? What, what's going on? So you have, two, you have two different things going on. You have the planet itself, which is consuming investiture yeah. and getting heavier. Yeah. So that's... In the physical realm, it is gaining mass. Yes. That's inarguable. You also have the sun, which is giving off investiture, very similar to the Taldane system. Right. Yes. And the sun on Taldane is invested by autonomy. autonomy. So I think that this is not autonomy. 
Right. But it could be. You know, yeah. that's like makes it could be. Yeah. If someone said, I mean, if Brandon said, if Brandon said this is autonomy, making like a mini version of themselves, I would be like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. Mm, yeah. This was like the tester before they went to Taldane. Sure. Or something. But I, I don't think it's that. Yeah. I have a theory. Do you want my theory right now or in a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think we can talk about theories. Okay. This is my call for invention. Invention, the shard we have not seen yet. You're going to throw out my theory. Oh, yeah. I stole it right from you. Just went into your brain, took it out. No, I think... I've been so excited to talk about this. Love it. I think that this is along with what Brandon said about a grand apparatus existing, a mega structure across the Cosmere or multiple mega structures existing. That to me sounds like the pinnacle of the shard of invention. Like, what do you do if you are more creative than your Wozniaks or your jobs or whoever is working on OpenAI now? Just if you continually advance along the invention, eventually you're going to get to, oh, I'm going to build myself a planet machine. (laughs) I'm going to make the Death Star, but maybe for infinite energy like what if they turn the death star in on itself yeah i mean the question then is like why Mm -hmm. was the system built like what was the purpose it was built for a purpose but what is that purpose right because like is this a mistake no you know like did they practice were they yeah were they practicing and then it was like ah man that one didn't work one day it'll be a black hole. Oh, well. <laughs> I would say you that's know? close to what we have here. That's that's my speculation. Yeah, because if the planet just keeps getting more and more dense, it will turn into a black hole. Was was that the like goal? Yeah. Was the shard like, I would like a black hole, please? Or were they trying to do something else? Like I was almost thinking maybe they were trying to create uh, an investiture like magnifier maybe right maybe they were trying to do the opposite thing and make the core multiply the investiture that it was receiving and then they sort of like nightblood they like gave it the wrong command and we're like oh man it just goes in i can't get the investiture out it's like not doing the thing i wanted and then maybe they go to a different system find a new planet and like try it again (laughs) so like is this a failed experiment or did the experiment work I think you and I are going to be speculating on that point for a good long time because I don't have the answer. I don't know if there will be an answer in the books for a long time. Oh, for sure. But I do but think like, that question I'm is thinking, perfect. thinking, isn't there a famous quote from Edison about like, I, I, didn't, didn't, I didn't fail to make the light bulb a thousand times. I just had like a thousand tries that didn't work or something. Yeah, basically the idea that he had way more failures than he did have successes. And it's those failures that led him to the great success. Yeah. That's exactly. And we actually, there's a quote almost exactly like that in The Sunlit Man. Nomad says, quote, failed ideas lead to successful ones, contemplation. They're the only thing that does, end quote, which is another point in favor, I think, in the column of invention is the shard that invested this planet. I do think that Brandon is pushing us that direction, kind of yeah. like introducing this quote and then making us go like, hey, wasn't that said about some famous <laughs> inventor here on Earth? I mean, also just like, obviously, the light bulb itself is a really universal sign of like idea mm-hmm. or invention. 
And the people living on Canticle are sort of the embodiment of the idiom that necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Um, So I just, I'm totally on this train. I do think, though, what we have is a failed attempt at creating something that may be successfully done with something like a grand apparatus in the future. But that Canticle is an attempt, as you mentioned, to multiply the investiture of a shard. And if you'll stay with me for a moment, if you're a shard working with these 15 other versions of yourself, 15 other vessels that have shard powers... Some of the shards, we've seen how they're trying to expand. Autonomy is creating avatars. Mm-hmm. Odium wants to delete all the other shards, not take shards into himself, right? but to reduce the total number of shards. Invention might be the one who says, hey, what if I can make myself more powerful Mm -hmm. i don't know what that means when you're talking about like infinite power of the spiritual realm (laughs) yeah but that's what i could see invention trying to come up with how do i take x amount of investiture enough to invest the sun you know one percent of my total power Mm -hmm. and how do i make that ten percent of my total power that seems very invention like (laughs) if canticle was meant to do that was meant to take a sample of investiture from the sun and then create a planet with far more investiture that was given out through life through complexity through i don't know what yeah it may be considered a failure i think it's a failure for anyone who's living on that planet seems difficult for the threnodites yeah i mean but then in a way maybe it was successful maybe it's worked it does seem to magnify the investiture in sun hearts right i think that's the key the clue that tells us this may have actually worked and this may be i forgot exactly what it is but the people who are working on like the manhattan project they had a bunch of precursor tests and experiments yeah that they were running before they like built an atom bomb of course and they were able to you know get a good understanding of what was going to happen down the road when they were combining like several different of these experiments from around the country and like different secret laboratories but they were only working on one part of it and to me that's kind of what this feels like it feels like Mm. one part the energy magnification part of inventions grand apparatus or grand design and it it may have worked we may have a planet in canticle that is storing more investiture than the investiture that came from the sun in the first place but i just i have so many questions you just have the core of this planet absorbing investiture which it can do a lot of but it can't do it infinitely i assume so again at some point it's going to turn into a black hole i don't think it necessarily Do has you to stop it before it becomes a black hole and just like destroy the planet and then grab the core or something and be like now i have an investiture battery in the core of this planet or what happens if it does become a black hole like does all of the investiture get released out into the cosmere or does it go away does it go back to the spiritual realm or is that the way that you like deplete the spiritual realm and all of that investiture doesn't recycle 
there's a lot of I, like, questions. There's so many questions. I don't want to like, pretend like I have the so answer. so wild. It is what I was saying at the very start of this. I think it's the weirdest <laughs> planet in the Cosmere because you're right. I think this could be the potential for some type of super battery. If you have a person like Dalinar who can merge the three realms together, what if instead of merging the spiritual realm, physical realm, and cognitive realm, or he reaches over to Canticle and grabs the source of energy there. Oh my God. You actually mentioned something when we were at the con about Lyft being able to create her own source of investiture. And so if Stormlight, for example, became corrupted across all of Rashar, yeah. and Lyft was the only one who could make new lifelight in that instance, but what if two investiture across the Cosmere becomes corrupted in some way? Now you have this store of pure Aeon door, but it's not Aeon door. Sure. It's like pure, pure untapped investiture. Yeah. investiture, ready to go for an unchained bondsmith to use in their pinnacle moment. I don't know. And we're getting like the or... draining of a whole planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or there's like, then there's a mining operation or something because you have some type of invested ore or metal or something at the core of this planet that's super invested. Or it becomes a black hole and then it's like a super perpendicularity, maybe? It's like a huge perpendicularity that you could like fly a ship into and go to the spiritual realm. I mean, it is a huge singularity. That's definitely for sure. <laughs> but it's invested. Yeah. Which so makes it a, a perpendicular. perpendicularity. <laughs> a perpendicular singularity. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could theorize about this forever. One of the weirdest planets in the Cosmere, we don't know. We don't have any idea. We're not going to get answers no. anytime soon. But I believe that Brandon is introducing this thing, Canticle, as a mechanism. And he clearly followed up. Like, this guy is doing this all on purpose. Of course. He has the Sunlit Man at his con. He's got the book club on the Sunlit Man. Everybody's chatting about what does this mean? The questioner, which... Anybody kind of could have predicted this isn't a wild question. It's a, you know, fairly straightforward. Hey, you have this weird planet. What does it all mean? And then Brandon's just like, you guys are going to love when I introduce the grand apparatus. I know. We all lost our minds. And I think that's because this is the precursor to that grand apparatus or to these right. mega structures yes. that we're going to see. If you need a mega structure that has both energy and and investiture now you have all of that in the physical realm in physical mass and we've already learned from like the lost metal that mass investiture and energy are all the exact same thing that they right it can it can move through those states exactly yeah and so now we have the mass and investiture that is just ready to go ready to be tapped Whenever somebody happens to need energy, you just have to destroy Canticle to do it. So I really hope the Threnodites get off this planet. The only argument or thought that I have to push back on this idea of uh, invention being the the big power here is there se seems to also be an emphasis on unity or uniting. Like the Cinder King is obsessed with uniting his people and... The Threnodites, 
you know, all like see each other's souls as the same. So they're sort of united in that way. So could that be maybe the shard or the power here? Is there maybe like a dawn shard buried in the core of the planet or something? And that's why it's like guzzling investiture. That's really interesting. The dawn shard as the core of the planet is unique. It would be hilarious if <laughs> Nomad, who had dropped his Dawn yeah, Shard, yeah, yeah. arrived on the planet of another Dawn Shard, <laughs> yeah. and the Night Brigade just kind of like missed that because they were too focused on like, maybe if we track Nomad, we can find our way back to the Dawn Shard and be like, guys, you, you skipped the one that was right in front of your face. That I like a lot. And I think we that... know that the Dawn Shards are being hidden mm -hmm. around the Cosmere. So I don't know core of a planet that seems like a good place to hide a weapon uh, the core of a planet that i still think was purposefully built and purposely set up by someone sure and so if you had but yeah if you already have this thing that guzzles investiture and that's exactly the type of property you're looking for when you're building this thing yeah chuck it in there you know why build it from scratch Invention. Definitely don't, yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be a great way to hide from other shards what you were doing. If you're invention shard and you happen to know that there is a Dawn shard that you want hidden, you can create this grand apparatus or this precursor to the grand apparatus around the Dawn shard. And then when the shards who have almost omnipresent abilities like they can find out what other shards are doing if yeah. they want yeah but when they look at canticle they see inventions tests they don't see a dawn shard or they're not able to like send their minions out to find a dawn shard or right. influence people along yeah i that mean because if you send anyone to get it like you're gonna get vaporized <laughs> <laughs> so it's hidden really well it's got the best booby trap ever right it's Just, like not getting this the indiana jones little statue that he needs to remove before the boulder this is the most intense boulder that's ever been rolled down yeah, to protect yeah. a statue <laughs> exactly okay in terms of this whole light bulb situation, it is affected by how close to the core of the planet you are, which makes sense. So being higher up in the atmosphere mitigates this issue of being vaporized. This is maybe why Nomad feels better when he is higher up in the air. I think some of that also also has to do with his past as a windrunner and a skybreaker being comfortable, you know, high up in the sky and things like that. But we hear, quote, something about getting away from the dirty ground up into the sky towards those rings. It had an effect on him. Wind against his face, the landscape shrinking below. It reminded him of better times, pure, crisp air acting like a moral decongestant, end quote. I'm curious if there is a layer of more magical things happening with this also if there's something to being either closer to the investiture without the influence of the investiture magnet that is maybe feeling like a moral decongestant or if the rings also have some type of investiture power effect that is coming into play here all excellent questions and again don't have the answer to any of those excellent questions. What I think is worthy of bringing back is looking at another one of the animals 
that exists on Canticle because we have this description, quote, as he zoomed past, he startled a group of gazelle-like creatures who leaped up from feeding and bounded toward the darkness. Their eyes glowed faintly golden, invested in some way, end quote. I think it's very likely that everything on Canticle is doing a bit of this battery storage, this investiture manipulation mm. or magnification, mm -hmm. that it's all working to the same thing. Everything from in between the sun and the core is the filament, including all of the life. And back to what you said. If they can survive. Well, <laughs> but if they do survive, which these gazelle creatures have yeah. and the people of Canticle have, we saw a Risharan sun heart, right? Like gem heart yes. tried to be invested and it looked puny in yes. comparison to the sun heart. This is probably the best example of what you were saying is that the people who live there are the people of Canticle. They are not Threnodites anymore. They do not bear resemblance to Threnodites in this way. Right. In that they are uniquely tied to this planet's weird nature yeah. of investiture magnification. And I think it's in everything. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. We missed the panel about uh, animals in Brandon Sanderson's works at the con, but maybe they they talked a little bit about these weird creatures and like what their lives might be like. I'm very curious. So let's talk more about how investiture is manifesting on this planet. Now that we sort of have this baseline of what's going on on the planet, how does that translate into investiture that people and other beings are able to interact with? Number one is, of course, the Sun Hearts, which is essentially a condensed soul that glassifies, kind of to go back to the uh, the lightning uh, right. metaphor. When lightning hits sand, it turns into glass. And that's sort of what we get with these Sun Hearts, uh, except there's a person in between. Bummer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, it's important to note that the investiture of one soul, even a soul of a threnodite, which has a little bit of extra investiture connected to the shades that they make when they die, even a threnodite soul is not equivalent to the power that is invested in a sun heart. There is some supercharging magnification happening that builds upon that soul investiture to create the sun heart. Right. And again, we come back to the idea of a perpetual motion machine or getting more energy out than you put in. It has long been the dream of technologist and futurist. We recently had a story about some like graphene metal that was supposed to transmit electricity really well. I, th I think it's called like LN95 or LN99, something really like that. It really rolls off the tongue. Easy to remember. Yeah, it's not quite as cool as Sunheart. But the benefit of that was simply that you could take the energy and transmit it 
to another place without losing energy in the transfer process. It wasn't even magnifying the amount of energy you put into it. All it was is it would help us move energy from A to B without losing something in transmission. Yeah, that's perfect. That actually brings me to my idea that Sun Hearts are an example of end positive investiture. They do require you to put a small amount of investiture in, but then you can get a much larger amount of investiture out. Like, I like Canticle because I think this is going to be a really good, simple way to describe the way that investiture manifests in the Cosmere as end positive and neutral and end negative. We hear, quote, power was being drawn from another place with the soul acting as a kind of seed or starter end quote. And then also, quote, when they're formed in the first place, it's because a soul is resisting, causing the investiture there to flare like the light of a light bulb. That's what captures all of that power and leaves behind a sun heart, end quote. Yeah, this idea of the soul as a starter, a kind of like sourdough starter or a little bit of yeast to help begin and yeah, activate that. Yeah, it's like a that. catalyst. Yes, it starts that process and it is a process where seemingly you can get more energy out than you put in because of the soul as the starter and it's so interesting that you mention in positive investiture because what's the other planet that we have the famous example of in positive investiture coming from scadriel definitely and on that planet as we've talked about many times metals and souls are seen the same in the cognitive realm. Yes, because this, they both have investiture. And that planet has a ability, Allomancy, that is impositive because of the nature of a soul. In fact, it's like a genetic trait that is passed down, but it's still tied up into a person's spirit web when they are able to be an Allomancer and they are able to use the metal and their soul, their innate whatever, their innate genetics, their innate power, but they are kind of combining those two things, metal, their soul, and then like calling upon the energy from the spiritual realm to fuel their allomantic abilities. It's not quite as clear, I think, yeah. as the sun heart. Yeah, I but think this is such a more simple, if I was going to describe it to like a new Cosmere person, this is such a good, simple way to depict it. Right. But we do have another extreme example on Scadrial with compounding, which is again, getting a lot more out than you put in. You are able to compound a gold mine to take in extreme amounts of healing if you're miles hundred live or the trick that the Lord Ruler uses to extend his life. He's storing youth, but then activating that and getting a lot more out than he is putting in. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of those resonances between powers as we continue forward in the Cosmere. We don't really see anything like that on Canticle, it is really interesting that Sunhearts seem to have a, a, a sort of special property or power. Quote, Sunhearts float near the top of magma for some reason. You can find them in roughly the same place that you left the people, even though you often have to pry them from the stone. 
end quote. So the Sunhearts don't get buried even as all of the planet is liquefying and shifting and changing. The Sunhearts float and stay at least roughly in the same place that they were created. We also know that their power is enough to charge or power a ship for months at a time. That's a great energy source. And I think if I remember correctly, it's about 10% when Nomad ingests a Sunheart of his BEU. I could be wrong because there's so many percentages thrown out, but it is a significant chunk. It also is probably not a fully charged Sunheart. It's been inside of a ship. So it's been used. Right, exactly. That has been depleted some amount. Yeah. But it is far better a store like, of I energy. Think, I think Rebecca says that it's her mother's soul and mm-hmm. her mother died like two weeks ago or something. So it's been in the ship being used for about two weeks. So, you know, some some percentage of its charge is already gone. Right. I think that that's completely fair. It may have lost 10 to 20 percent of its total power And then it gives Nomad about 10% of his total power or, you know, total store of his battery, which is himself. He's the battery in that case. His soul. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. But that's actually an interesting combo because Nomad is now part of Canticle. But before he even got there, his soul was warped by the Dawn Shard that he held. And seemingly, if he was able to be turned into a Sunheart, he would I think, be many times more powerful than an average Sunheart. Yeah, depending on how much investiture he was holding at the time, you know, if he had 10% skip capacity when he died on Canticle, he would, like the Sunheart that was created would maybe have 15 or 20% more battery than a Canticle person. But then also you have to think about, is he bonded to a Spren at that time? Because right. it, like, is then the Spren investiture also going to get put into the Sun Heart? If he was holding a Dawn Shard at the time, like, does the Dawn Shard also get put into the Sun Heart? I would imagine or... that's where it breaks, is that maybe the Spren gets dragged along, depending on the circumstance of death, but the Dawn Shard is actually bigger than right. Nomad. And it, so like, can't fit into the whatever hole or whatever that the investiture is being sucked into it definitely is a square peg in a round hole yeah except the square like oversized peg in any hole (laughs) right speaking of cylinders let's go to another statement from the text quote a small cylindrical lump of smokestone eight inches tall and a few in diameter the surface was marked with ridges and a kind of grain like melted wax It was random, of course, but he could swear that one section looked like a screaming face, end quote. This is a description of the physical nature of a Sunheart, and we believe that the image that he has seen is that of the owner of this Sunheart. I believe that's Rebecca's mom in this instance. Yes, that's that's the thought. Uh, I think it's interesting that the 
surface is kind of grainy or has a texture of some kind. It's not a smooth stone. So also similar to how glass forms from a lightning strike, it's not going to be the smooth, perfect glass that we see in, you know, a wine glass. Mm -hmm. It is more rugged than that. Okay. That's another mention of smokestone. And I want you to dive into that. What is smokestone? What do we know about it? Yeah. I immediately, when I read this, was like, wait a second. Smokestone is for sure one of the pole stones on Rashar that's associated with their numbers and the night's radiant and essences and all of this other stuff uh, on Rashar that I have a wonderful uh, spreadsheet of, of course. Of course. <laughs> and so I dove into it. Notably, Smokestone is related to the Order of Skybreakers on Rashar, of which Nomad and Auxiliary are a member. It is associated with the essence of vapor, and so it's used to soul cast opaque gases like smoke and fog. They are used in Fabrial clocks, and Smokestone is chemically sort of a version of a quartz, uh, which is maybe why it is appearing in this kind of crystal uh, form. It's described sort of like you would see a quartz crystal. Yeah, kind of growing organically rather than, as you were saying, something that's like manufactured and produced or even like a gemstone. I feel like those have the right. shiny kind of nature. I mean, on Rashar, they probably do process the gemstones because they're I mean, going to be used mm -hmm. in fabrials and things like that. Curious if the processing makes them more effective. Like if you have a clearer, better quality smokestone, does it do better soul casting? Well, we know that the... Would it be a more powerful sun heart if you like polished it up a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. We know that the Thalen people certainly are playing around with creating more pure, better stores of gem hearts. Right. Yeah. The the facets yes. uh, have an effect on how much stormlight they can hold. And how much they give off over time. They like naturally run out. But the Thalen seem to have solved that problem and then just didn't tell anybody about it. I think their use in clocks is really interesting, especially if there is some type of mega structure going on here. Mm, and yeah. we have a giant clock of sorts, a <laughs> mechanism that was created by a godlike shard. But I also think that it is interesting that we have Smokestone and Zephyr from Tress, oh. which is... Brandon yeah. has said Zephyr, which corresponds to air, is going to be very important for space travel throughout the Cosmere. I wonder if Smokestone will be important is, as like, well. Is related yes. to? Yeah, sort of, sort of similar. I think maybe they're distinct, but I do think they're we'll distinct. Have to see. I'm yeah. just like wondering if there are any similarities at all mm -hmm. if you have this smokestone which is the essence of vapor can that begin to point you in the direction of eventually getting to lumar and finding zephyr which would be like the best possible version in the cosmere yeah because i think that is 
transparent gases, not opaque gases. But maybe some relation there. What we do know is that these sun hearts can be purified and kind of corrected in a way unknown before Nomad shows up. And it's going to give this kind of like hope, a new hope, one could say, to the people of Canticle by the end of the story. Because you can transfer investiture from a person to a sun heart, which I think they might know about. They just don't really do it because there's not a reason yeah, they to don't have it. A why. It doesn't charge the uh, the sun heart enough to be useful. And of course, Sigzel's big discovery is that, quote, you can't give your soul to a corpse, end quote, and that the sun heart needs to be have some charge in order to siphon off more investiture uh, for himself and for Elegy to get rid of that corrupting influence or corrupted investiture. Yeah, and what you mentioned earlier on about the planet itself kind of being a Nightblood-esque sucking up of investiture, we actually get a description of how difficult that is. Quote, There were ways to put investiture into inanimate objects, but it tended to be much harder and much more dangerous. Sunhearts were considered alive by the reckoning of investiture. At least, charged ones were. End quote. Right. So, because investiture and souls are the same Mm -hmm. somewhat once you put a little bit of investiture into the sun heart it is quote unquote alive (laughs) it has a little bit of that life power that a human being has or other alive beings have so the core of the planet i think would work the same and i'm imagining that it would be something like nightblood where whoever created it would put a bit of investiture, a, a bit being relative, for a shard, probably yeah. a lot of investiture, but uh, a bit of investiture into the core of the planet, gave it some kind of command like Nightblood. Uh, and then it was able to start pulling more investiture in. It's not too dissimilar from what we saw with the father machine in Yumi, where it only wants investiture, right? So that it can stack rocks yeah. and call the spirits to action and to like get the assistance yeah. of and the spirits energy yeah, yeah exactly and so at least in this case they remembered to give it the the starter yeah. <laughs> to like do its job so it didn't suck the souls of everyone on the yeah. entire planet yeah so good first start yeah that yeast very important in the cosmere because it's alive right that's a whole thing about yeast is it is a or a sourdough starter it's got living organisms already inside of it and it's those i'm I'm not quite sure but like the bacteria and whatever else is the ecosystem that is going on there is what's necessary to jumpstart that production the main way that we see this transfer of investiture of energy between people and sun hearts is of course with elegy and nomad trying to get rid of their corruption Quote, he held up the sun heart next to the cinder heart at Elegy's core and found hers was a darker shade. Auxiliary, he said, stepping as close as he dared to examine it. That's not anti-investiture, is it? Doesn't feel like it, Auxiliary said back, but I'm not the best at spotting that. It seems corrupted, overlaid with some kind of 
membrane or coating, like the skin of a fruit, end quote. Yeah, this is strange. We have the sun heart next to the cinder heart, and the cinder heart is not anti-investiture. But it, it is darker. And it is corrupted with some type of skin. It's got skin. this weird coating. It seems gross. Is it gross or is it life? Is it part of... Oh. Because it's like two souls, right? The Cinder King basically hmm. corrupts and then implants into a living person who also has a sun heart. You think he's putting some of his investiture into it? It would kind of go along with what we've seen and been talking about, like the starter is kind of necessary. Hmm. And it kind of like, if he gives a little bit, and it's not too dissimilar from the eventual like draining yeah. that we figure out works at the end. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I think that he is maybe putting some of his own investiture into it. And then that's what sort of creates the link. Yeah. The capital C connection them, um, where he's able to control them. That would make sense to me. It also, I find it strange that they say it's not anti-investiture because it certainly seems like anti-investiture. We hear from the Gadrians that the way to make a cinder heart versus a sun heart is by intent. And so my thought was the cinder king is just using intent to corrupt the investiture and it's the same as creating anti-void light, which is just with intent and then it is anti-investiture. I wonder if in that instance, though, it would be easier to create more anti-void light if you started with some in the first place. Maybe to go from mm. zero and do a you know 100% yeah. transfer over, that requires a very special set of circumstances. But if you started with some anti-void light, you could kind of like encourage that to begin mm -hmm. the process and, and then we're just assuming that Nomad and Auxiliary don't know anti-investiture when they see it, I guess. I mean, he does say that he's not the best at it, so right. maybe he's That's, just wrong. I'm assuming that they're correct. I'm thinking that this is not anti-investiture, that it is something else, but it's not anti-investiture. That seems weird to me. I mean, it can be weird. This whole planet's yeah. very weird. I mean, yeah. Okay, we're going to get to the cinder hearts fully in just a moment but i want to hop to what maybe is the end neutral version of investiture on canticle which is the heat transfer between people it's sort of like farukami but in this case the like quote-unquote metal mind is another person that you're putting your investiture into yeah it seems that investiture is able to manifest as heat and when someone draws heat from another person, they are absorbing a small amount of their soul or their innate investiture. I think this is most similar to what we see on Nalthus, is that yeah. everyone on the planet has one soul and a little breath. Yes. And that if you remove the breath, they are less than everyone else around them, and you get the drag. more like... Cosmore, Cosmere standard, sort of. Like I, they have the investiture of their soul, but no more. Right. I think if we were going to break it down completely, I think a drab drops them below the Cosmere standard of a soul. So their soul is like 0.75, but the mm. bonus breath puts them up to like 1.3. Sure. And so most everyone on Nalthus is walking around with 
1.3 investiture of a soul. <laughs> yeah. But it, they can have part of that removed, the bonus portion. But I don't think that drops them down to normal. I think they're less than Cosmere standard. Sure. And an average Threnodite has more investiture innately mm-hmm. because of whatever turns them into a shade after they die. And so it might be only them that are able to do this heat transfer because the thing they're passing well, around... Nomad. I guess that yeah. well, he's all messed up because he's a Dawn Shard. I don't know if he can be considered like a baseline normal across the cosmic. Well, sure. I'm just saying it's not only the Threnodites. But right, I'm it's... curious. So if I, I'm i a Threnodite, mm-hmm. I transfer some heat to you, I die. Do I then not turn into a shade because I don't have the extra investiture when I died? Mm, that's very interesting. I mean, again, this whole thing is about like purifying parts of yourself and so if the shade is part of them in this investiture can you take that away can you purify that out and you're then you're left with only a soul yeah like the whole process that we were just talking about with nomad and elegy like siphoning Mm -hmm. some of their corrupted investiture off could any threnodite do that and then they would not have to deal with shades anymore i I think the answer is yes. I think so too. But it would maybe be a question of what are you losing out on? Like, for example, we wouldn't want Nalthinians to, at birth, all be forced to give up of their course. breath. Yes. And that thing that kind of like makes them special because then they'd be less than Cosmere standard. Yeah. So are the Threnodites that way as well? Are, do, you know, are they... Yeah. I mean, with what we see in the Sunlit Man, I think you can make an argument for the benefit of the Shades. And our next episode is going to be all about the Threnodites and their history and their culture and the Shades and like all of that. So we'll talk about that a little bit more then. And the greater good. Interesting questions here. And any touch, any touch at all can lead to heat being either drawn away or given to a person, which is part of why they wear clothing that completely covers them, you know, from neck to toes and all the way down to their wrists and their gloves, etc. They formalize this with prayers to make it a moment when they're going to share heat and make it purposeful but any type of prolonged touch will automatically start this sharing process it's almost like a like a bluetooth (laughs) type thing (laughs) that just sort of happens passively if you're within range of the device except in this case the device is every other human being that you live with which seems really inconvenient it definitely would make a unique environment it's not that different from what is happening with Apple's AirTag situation that I know we've previously talked about. But I think it is unique because of how passive it is. It makes me think that the heat that is being shared, the tiny bit of soul that is being exchanged, unlike Unnalthus, is very in flux. It is very kind of like a shared resource of all the people. Well, I think there's something really unique happening with the investiture of these specific 
people. Maybe this only applies to canticleites. Maybe it applies to all threnodites. We don't know. We would have to see other threnodites come to the planet and like see if they are able to share investiture this easily as well. But there's some recognition that basically all of their souls are the same. Exactly. And so investiture just moves seamlessly because it is it's all the same. It's not uh, as connected to identity, seemingly. Yeah, I think that's correct. I think that on Nalthus, or even on other planets, this idea of the investiture being connected to the identity of a person is really important and it's hard to break. And on Nalthus, you need like specific commands to release that part because it's yours and it belongs to you. And if you don't release it, it can't be taken. Where on Canticle, it does seem to just be like a, a mushy soup, a, yeah. a kind of just like- It's flowing. It's definitely it's flowing. Vibing. All the people are just <laughs> able to like flow and vibe. It definitely makes me think of the differences in maybe uh, we'll think of the balls that Vin is going to in- Mistborn era one and those kind of like very formalized dancing of often the Europeans mm -hmm. but just kind of a, a structure a man or a woman or like two lines dancing versus like kind of like the orgy event <laughs> of just like human beings like all sure. mashed together and yeah. moving together and there's like the drums are all beating and everybody's just kind of like jumping in the air and like flowing together mosh pit style much more than the structured and like formalized Nalthinian or Skadrian type of situation that we have. The Canticles are just like, yeah, baby, have some of my heat. I'll take some of yours. No big deal. Quote, I should be able to draw out your heat, she said. Some of your soul. As I initiated the touch, I should be able to pull it forth from your body, cooling you. What is being drawn from you is something we call investiture, a different state of energy, and the removal of it cools you in the process. That's a side effect, though. Because of your heritage, your people have an interesting type of investiture, as do I, though mine is of a different variety, end quote. That's Nomad and Rebecca discussing the process, and I wonder if you have uh, speculation about, like, interesting type of investiture, but how is Nomad's different? Is he talking about the Sprenbon? Mm. Is he talking about the Dawn Shard? My guess would be more the Dawn Shard as the interesting type of investiture. And then, you know, also as a side effect of that, the corruption on his soul. Maybe this is also a case, as we've been talking about, where the shade is also like a little bit of corruption on their souls. Maybe it functions similarly, but it's not quite the same. As we've been talking about these different planets and the way that kind of investiture may increase a person's natural state to be a little bit above the Cosmere standard, what is more potent and powerful is the Sprenbon. We have two entities kind of merging into one, interweaving their spirit web, and then the abilities that they gain are far greater mm -hmm. than these other examples that we have been talking about. Yeah. So I don't think that that's outside the realm of possibility either, is that he's only talking about like, you have a little bit of extra investiture by the nature of your people, the collective soup, as we were talking about. Yeah. But he has a spirit web that has been 
given a large amount of extra investiture because yeah. of his spring I bonds. Mean, his spirit web is all messed up. Wild. Right. We can't really look yeah. at Nomad as a great example of what is normal anymore. Yeah. But I do think that concept of, okay, if there's a Cosmere standard for what a soul entails, some people have, you know, plus 0.25 and some people are Dawn Shards and have plus a lot more. What does a Sprenbon do to a person's soul in terms of the amount of investiture that their soul is just yeah. normally able to carry around? To me, honestly, it seems like just a Knight Radiant mm -hmm. would be more normal in terms of investiture than these Threnodites. Because it seems like with the ease of heat transfer of passing investiture back and forth their investiture is like innately unkeyed to identity which is very unusual yeah you're not necessarily talking about the power but the unkeyed nature makes any amount of extra right. investiture better like, just more valuable more valuable yeah, yeah. Like, so i mean and then that makes way more sense why scadrians would be here investigating mm -hmm. now that they know how to uh, recharge sun hearts i would guess that those sun hearts would work the same as door as like a the jars of just pure door where it's sort of unkeyed and you can just carry it anywhere and use it as investiture it seems to me like the sun hearts would be the same way that they would be a really easy thing to export and just be able to use because it's coming from investiture that is already seemingly again like identity unkeyed and just able to be used by anyone yeah the real interesting aspect is if you can import investiture like aeon door use that as your beginning oh. source in a sun heart, then put the sun heart outside, have it be supercharged, right. and then export that. Yeah. And so then you can literally have an infinite magnifying investiture machine right. that is yeah. now producing way could, more investiture You could make of any some type. type of like investiture battery manufacturing plant on Canticle. It would be extremely dangerous and no one would want that job, but theoretically you could do it <laughs> right it kind of comes down to one of brandon's like longtime favorite series which is the dune series and you have a planet that is very dangerous and, and difficult to get to and difficult to control but on that planet everybody across the universe comes to get spice the one resource that is insanely valuable maybe in the future canticle becomes a source like that where everybody is coming because it allows for the magnification of their own investiture or their own power that they have at their fingertips yeah we also have more descriptions of investiture which is what i always want out of every cosmere book let's go over to nomad again quote investiture is finicky he said usually requires specific things intent commands familiarity to manipulate it's likely that the bracers were brutal enough to force through my protections, but your touch isn't, end quote. So there he is talking about the Cinder King, and the Cinder King has bracers on his arms. We don't totally know what they do. I think we can assume they probably came from the Scadrians. I do think they're Scadrian. Some type of, yeah, ferrochemical bracer. I, oh, I think they're hemallergic. I think they pierce oh. his skin. 
and that's the difference in the okay. approach. I'm not saying it's a huge piercing, like a hemallergic spike, but if it was able to do something that Rebecca's touch is not, I would say that's because it's going inside the body, and we know how piercings react differently or don't react to allomantic mm, abilities. Maybe maybe no evidence of this yeah this is just speculation of like what the bracers are doing yeah i mean i guess that would be a good explanation for why someone who's like not a scadria and not a frucumus would be able to use the bracer so maybe why don't you describe this next quote that kind of like summarizes the the biological nature of what's going on here Quote, these people had a natural biological ability to leech investiture from one another. Almost everything had some invested component, but the extremities of experience, specifically the strange things he could do and the strange things that had been done to him, were deeply related to the nature of investiture, end quote. I don't totally know what this means, but I feel like it's important just because it says the nature of investiture. And the extremities of experience. I actually latched on to that phrase because of what we know about Scadriel in the first era. The common theme that we get out of the abusive and really like despicable actions of yeah. Straff Venture uh -huh. is that he was A, spreading his seed around to try to create more Alamancers, but then he beat them at intervals during their childhood to try to push them to the extremities of experience, to try oh. to call out their allomantic abilities mm. from like a latent state. That's and not what I got from this. I feel like extremities of experience is related to why these canticolites have this weird natural ability to leech investiture from one another. Because they're in the extremes, right? necessity being oh, the mother of invention they like live such a difficult life yes it's like every moment is straff venture beating up ellen because it, it has to be because the nature is doing that not as a single terrible individual but it is like they're constantly under threat and stress maybe since mm. leaving threnody or even before leaving threnody yeah. and if you're doing that and you're born into that these people as you said are not from threnody they're right. generations beyond but and we don't know. I mean, we just don't know what would happen if a current Threnodite came mm -hmm. to Canticle, if it would be the same. Because I could also see a world where simply the fact that their spirit web is weird and they have the thing that makes shades mm -hmm. attached to them is the, the, the gap in their spirit web. You know, the, the thing that makes the spren attach or whatever. They're just like already born with it. Okay, I would say the gap in their spirit web exists, but it hasn't been filled by a spren. It's filled by the shade. I think that is different than what has happened to these people on Canticle. I think there's been another step in the process. Yes, right. the shade on Threnody is a key part of like what's going on there. But then I think something else happens to these people on Canticle that will explain or could help explain everything that we're seeing in this story. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think we just really don't know. To continue on our discussion of investiture, let's go over to Chris. Chris's second laws. I also love that Chris has laws. She's yes. Isaac Newton to exactly. the max. Exactly. Uh, more fashionable, better Isaac Newton. Quote, Investiture responded to human thought. It wasn't technically energy or matter, but it could become either. 
investiture, energy, and matter were all one, as per Chris's second law, end quote. And this goes on to talk about how investiture is different from energy and matter because it can be commanded and that the mindset that comes from those commands is sort of the key, the thing that allows you to manipulate investiture into doing what you want it to do. And this book, I think, is really key for just hitting home the idea of the command and the ubiquity of commands or incantations of different types all throughout the Cosmere, that this is another sort of universal thing, which we've kind of had hints at, we've speculated at, and in The Sunlit Man, it's just really laid out very clearly. And I think it's being laid out clearly because of its impact and probably the impact of all Chris's laws will have on the future of the Cosmere. But this should be well understood now. Investiture, energy, and matter are all one, but investiture is unique in that it can be commanded. I want to end this little section about our end neutral heat transfer with one of the most beautiful moments of the book. At the end, when the Canticolites are thanking and showing their appreciation for Nomad and they all come up and touch him and transfer heat quote warmth flooded into him through their grip he gasped eyes going wide the three elderly women smiled at him as he dropped to his knees feeling an ignition within him they stepped back releasing his hand but then each of the other people even the children approached in turn one at a time, they touched him with ungloved hands, a hand to his, a touch to the side of the face, a few hugs. Each of them imparted warmth until he was afire with it, until he knelt there wondering why he didn't glow like the sun. That's not much in the way of BEUs, Auxiliary said, less than a single percent combined, but a remarkable amount for each person to give up, though, as they have. End quote. So beautiful. That is like the moment that got me when I started tearing up. Just this beautiful description of what it's like to belong. Right. To belong Into this community. To a community and the, the generosity and kindness that they show each other. Yeah. We get the flash of who Nomad used to be in the bridge four moment when he's, you know, dancing with the spear. It's all cool. Everything's great. (laughs) Bridge four. We're badass. But this this moment, who he becomes, this This is who he becomes. Yeah. When he is Zellian. Yeah. And it is once again, kind of like being part of a community. That's the part of bridge four that was probably most devastating to lose. Yeah. And here, what he is gaining I find it interesting, though, that we do have, you know, the math nerds out there are going to calculate the exact population that touched him and gave him (laughs) the exact percentage of warmth from their body that in combination equaled less than a single percent of his total BEUs. Once you start introducing the math folks, they get their Excel spreadsheets out and it starts to get real nerdy real quick. Yeah, the Sigzels of the world. We need those Sigzels. <laughs> you never know when they're going to become a Zellian. Okay, now we're going to go over to the dark side, the end negative uh, version of investiture on this planet. Of course, 
the charred, and the cinder king. Charred are created by embedding an invested object, so in this case, a corrupted sun heart called a cinder heart, into their chests. And the Skadrians say that in order to do this, quote, use some special investiture instead, and you get a corrupted cinder heart to make the chard, end quote. From Dragonsteel, we got a comment from Brandon where he explicitly spelled out that intent plays a role in making a cinder heart versus a sun heart. So I come back to my how is this not anti-investiture if it has to do with, quote, special investiture and also intent. You know what I mean? I'm guessing because it is not anti-anything. It's the same investiture just being given a different command or a different intent. I think just so. just like, do evil. Right. <laughs> it, you know, it would just be akin to like a unbonded, or excuse me, an unchained Knight Radiant a thing that does not have oaths but is able to use the power that is present. But it seems like there is a specific keying or a specific command to at least creating the chard that is explicitly negative, violent, aggressive. And we'll get to sort of the effects of this embedding in just a moment, but let's read this description of what it looks like when a person is created into a chard. Quote, much of the pectorals, ribcage, and heart had been dug out, burned away, leaving the remaining skin seared and blackened. Inside the cavity, the man's heart had been replaced by a glimmering ember. It pulsed red when wind stoked it, as did similar pinpricks of crimson light among the char. Black burn marks radiated from the hole across the man's skin, extending as far as a few specks on his face, which occasionally glittered with their own much smaller sparks. It was like the man had been strapped to a jet engine as it ignited, somehow leaving him not only alive, but perpetually burning, end quote. Once again, Brandon just being horrific in his descriptions of things. Yeah, truly horrible. And you and several other smart people when reading this made a connection between this description and what happens to Amaram at the end of Oathbringer. Yeah, in the moment when Amaram takes upon the unmade and becomes in the, in the big gemstone. Right. And becomes kind of like the horrific version that Kaladin needs to fight. The description from the text is quote, the high prince's entire chest had collapsed inward. There were no signs of ribs or eternal organs. Instead, a large violet crystal pulsed inside his chest cavity, overgrown with dark veins. If he'd been wearing a uniform or padding beneath the armor, it had been consumed. End quote. And then it goes on to also say that his heart and lungs are replaced by the gemstone. So again, very, very similar to the the chest caving in, the heart being replaced with this glowing, invested stone. And I am wondering if this is, A, something that is able to happen with any highly invested stone or, you know, sun heart equivalent thing. If you jam that into someone's chest, will it always kind of operate the same way? And I'm also wondering, is this something that the Cinder King 
figured out because it has happened in his past on Rashar. I don't know how far it would be in his you past. You are saying that the Cinder King is Amaram? No, not at all. Not, okay, not, okay. But he has learned from the stories, maybe the myths. Remember, the, one of the major things about the Cinder King is that he has knowledge from off-world. He yeah. is born on this planet. Yeah. He's a but he normal... is also in contact with the Skadrians. He is in contact with the Skadrians. Who specifically say, like, we're feeding him little pieces of info. Right. And, like, giving, pushing him in the direction. So are they knowledgeable? Because these things have yeah. happened in the past, in their so past. So my thought is, this is an extremely clumsy uh, attempt at hemallergy essentially mm. right the the sun heart is basically a spike right it's just a stone that has been invested mm -hmm. just like when you drive a spike through a person it becomes invested you know basically the same thing and i would guess that the scadrians would be like hey there's this version of investiture where you pierce people with an invested object and uh it makes them aggressive. It gives them Bestows powers. Them abilities, yeah. And also you might have some ability to control them. And the Cinder King takes this information and just in the crudest, again, most just childish, uh, primitive way possible, just shoves it into people's chests in the most inelegant version of hemallergy. That's definitely a good call out. And I think that I agree. It is kind of using hemallergy in the most brutal of fashions. And I imagine that if if he were to refine his technique... <laughs> Don't if, do it. Yeah. If he took these corrupted cinder hearts, uh, we see that it's possible to shave them to create smaller portions of, oh, the, okay. of yep. the stones. Nomad does this with Elegy. He like carves off a piece of it and is like, here, take this little piece. Mm -hmm. I imagine that the Cinder King could do that, could get a body association diagram because we know that... From the Skadrians. Yes, from the Skadrians. There are specific points in the body that do different things that affect how the investiture manifests. This, I believe is true across the Cosmere, this mm -hmm. like body association thing. So like he could, I think, be a lot more elegant about it and create a better army <laughs> of these people. And he's just doing it in the clumsiest way at the moment. Yeah. Thank goodness for inelegant tyrants. We yeah. don't we don't actually want them to figure out heme allergy. Inelegant tyrants. Not as bad as they could be. <laughs> there is so much more that has to do with the direct connection that is being made and with elegy specifically we have this description of quote burned until only the ashes of her soul remained end quote and a little bit later her soul is terribly compromised the hero notes that usually makes it easier to control or infiltrate a mind doesn't it end quote from auxiliary and so instead of hemallergy which does pierce the soul and you know, corrupt the soul enough to, as we see, allow ruin to get in and manipulate and control a little bit. Again, this is like just the clumsiest way where it is burning 
a huge hole into the soul so that only the ashes remain. The person doesn't even really remember who they are, right? Their identity is almost completely gone. They really have no sense of self and they are just this negative investiture following the Cinder King's orders. And let's go over to the Cinder King themselves to get some description because he too has done some experiments, some some testing yeah. on himself with these kind of like ways of utilizing the power of the Sun Hearts. The Cinder King is a little bit different than the Chard. And we see the sort of template of the Cinder King be repeated mm -hmm. with Rebecca later in the story. But the Cinder King is described as having glowing eyes and his coat also glows, described as a red-orange color. And I just didn't understand why his, like, a piece of clothing would also be glowing unless he's somehow also invested his coat, which we don't really see, but maybe that's like a tiny Easter egg for us. Totally possible. I mean, we, A, know that breath and other things can be put into an inanimate object. Yeah. And we also, I think, know that investure in general kind of like leeches off of a person in the most direct way with like stormlight, like coming mm. out of a person's mm -hmm. pores mm -hmm. and whatnot. But when they are armored, the investiture, whatever it happens to be, is leaking out of the armor itself. Yeah. So I kind of think that like Maybe his it's just clothing. Maybe he has so much investiture. Exactly. And it's kind of like coming out. It would mean, I think, that that cloak is valuable. Like that cloak yeah. might yeah, yeah. have investiture. Get that coat. <laughs> But I, I do think it's probably similar to, you know, non-functioning armor from a Radiant is that it's he's basically just like oozing investiture and his yeah. clothing. Therefore, ooh, is there ever anything about there being magic innate in the God King from Warbreaker's clothing? I know he wears white because it like makes all the prism yeah. appearance around him. But is it ever said that like his clothing is magical or sacred mm -hmm. or anything like that? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. That would kind of be a comparison because obviously he has but a whole I bunch of investors. It is a little bit of the same effect where the God King has so much investiture. He's radiating the light of the investiture out. And then the white clothing is sort of reflecting that. That may be what's happening with the coat, where the Cinder King is so invested that it's reflecting out of him, and then the coat is also sort of getting in on the action. Right. It's kind yeah. of like taking advantage. It's just of interacting the... with the investiture, but in sort of a normal way. Yes. In yeah. a kind of like expected way for any cloak Highly that he invested. ever- Highly invested. Yeah. Yeah. Any cloak that he puts on. Exactly. <laughs> and the Cinder King's Cinder Heart- is not as deeply embedded into his chest. My question is, who made the Cinder King? Did is he make himself like this? Did the Skadrians do it to him? Was he a test subject? Did he ask for it? How did this come about? It does seem weird that we have basically uh, various groups of people across the planet who don't really have time to investigate 
And then we have outsiders show up with outside information, maybe stories of hemolurgy or other things that were done across the Cosmere. And then we have the Cinder King take advantage of that information or intel. Without a lot of knowledge, though. Like, yeah, how would he... (laughs) Yes, he could have just come up with the idea on his own, buried a... And he didn't want to like test it fully because it's him and he doesn't want to die. And right. so he goes like halfway and he's like, oh, I'm filled with power and totally awesome now. But I I, I think this is another example of why I hate the Scadrians. I think they either purposefully they did it either purposefully or oh, by suggestion yeah. gave enough of the information so that the Cinder King did it, which is kind yeah. of like still doing it. I mean, right, right, right. You're like taking advantage of his ignorance mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I could see it be the, being either one. I could see them sort of being like, yeah, we're kind of curious what would happen. Like he wants power. We'll we'll try it out. We don't really care. And then I could also see it just being a knowledge transfer of like, yeah, if you pierce someone with this invested thing, They'll get powers. He does it on his own and for unknown reasons decides to try it on his heart first. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, probably also doesn't push it in as much because it's him and I would guess that it is painful. (laughs) Certainly if Marvel and DC has taught me anything, it's that uh, supervillains will definitely experiment on themselves. They got no problem running that experiment (laughs) on themselves. That's their main character trait, really, is like (laughs) self-experiments. Definitely. That's the biggest thing that makes you a villain. And then he takes all all of this investiture into himself. With this cinder heart embedded into him, he seems to be able to continue putting investiture into it and like drawing on it. And he does this with people, which is the main way that they're able to get investiture on Canticle, quote, he seized each of them by turn by the throat, and they seemed to wilt, their skin growing ashen. When he tossed them aside, they were corpses, and the ember in his chest grew brighter, end quote. This is the dangerous side of what we were just saying is so beautiful. The people sharing their heat with Nomad, when it is not keyed to your identity all it takes is a strong man coming around and grabbing you by the throat and then pulling that investiture out of you because to his soul the investiture is the same right and this is the downside of the unkeyed situation they're like literally we were made to be like a community in harmony and you are taking advantage of that exactly and i think that's one of the big risks of like communities in harmony is because if you have you can always have a bad actor exactly the bad actors can come in and they can take advantage of people who are working for the benefit of the group or the community and the society and you're like oh well that means that i can abuse you is normally how we see it in like human society yeah but in this case it is i can literally like suck the life out of you because it's quote unquote my life and my soul and my energy. Right. And that's really where the philosophy becomes strange and weird because there's this shared resource of like extra investiture, extra souls that everyone has. They give part of that willingly to Nomad to like share that experience with him. And the Cinder King takes it forcefully by the same mechanism. Are those two things allowed to happen? Right. 
And we hear that he has done this to thousands of people. He has invested invested himself with thousands of people's worth of heat or investiture. And the description is a little bit akin to a vampire sucking yeah. blood yeah, out of, of their victims, leaving them, you know, an ashen husk. Right. It reminds me of when a shard blade cuts through. Mm-hmm. Um, the gray the, skin. Yeah, the grayness, look. the ashenness is very similar because both of them are tapping into the spirit web, the spiritual realm versus just the physical body. And then the last really confusing but notable thing about the Cinder King that we sort of already mentioned is that he says many times that his sort of driving force is to unite all of his people. Obviously, we've heard this call to unity Mm -hmm. many a time before. Do you think that there's any significance to it? Like, is this supposed to mean something to us? And if so, what does it mean? I think anytime Brandon uses similar phrases in his works, it's done purposefully. I'm not saying he never makes mistakes or anything, but this was done a bunch of times as part of like the character and the driving motivation right. for the Cinder King. Like very explicitly. Yes. I think that there is, as I was just talking about, a unique aspect in that when you have something that is collectively shared. Yeah. What's the quote unquote real difference between all of us working together and all of us doing what I want? Mm, Be like unity is doing everything that I want because I am you and you are me and we are all the walrus. (laughs) But it's a it's a very obviously like order and authoritarian tyrant view of the situation. Yeah. But I could very much kind of understand the concept of I look around, I see all the same energy inefficiently spread. But if you just would do what I want then it would all work better and everyone would be happier because you're doing what I need and what I want. And it's like the their society or the way that their investiture works is kind of like influencing him to be this person. You know, it's kind of like mm. presenting him. There's like an the, underlying need to be a community. Yes. And to like... To like bring people together. To unify. And it's just like you you went to an extreme where you like ignored another person's innate independence. And you just kind of like blurred those lines too much. A chard yeah. is just a person who's doing exactly what he wants. I guess I'm curious if maybe this was part of his intent when he became the Cinder King, like when he got his Cinder Heart, mm-hmm. perhaps that was part of the intent. You know, if he either went to the Skadrians or whatever, pursued pursued this transformation in service of this idea of I want to unite my people under my leadership, then maybe that intent is infused into the cinder heart and becomes the thing that is driving him similar to how the chard are innately aggressive and warlike i imagine because when the when the cinder king is making them he's like i am making you to be a soldier mm-hmm. yeah that is the intent of their right. creation yeah and so even when elegy siphons away some of the corruption she is still aggressive and violent yeah. and feels that like desire to move and act and, and but specifically to fight to fight yeah because i think as we talked about in our previous episode holding 
kind of any investiture has a little bit of kinetic mm-hmm. motion to it. Yes. Um, but those can be channeled in different ways. And with Elegy, it's very specifically, yes, to move, but specifically to fight. We began this episode by asking if Canticle is the weirdest planet on the (laughs) Cosmere. And I think that not only do we have a definitive yes on that, the planet itself, but also some of the weirdest examples of people in the Cosmere. Elegy and Rebecca, and especially Inform Rebecca is the Sunlit One, the Cinder King, even Things like the greater good and the way that the shades are used on Canticle, which we're going to get into a lot in future episodes. I think we just have an extreme situation created and generated on purpose. On purpose. By some higher being. Oh my gosh. And that it is leading to these extremes of existence that's like pushing people way beyond the norm of what we see elsewhere. And so we get all these like, weird things that lead to a bunch of speculation. I don't know if it's time to, you know, completely rewrite the wiki for all of the Cosmere at the basis of what is happening on Canticle, because I do think that Canticle could probably be seen as an outlier, but it's in those outliers that maybe give us hints about the structure of the Cosmere, what is possible and what other people may be capable of in the future. Thanks for sticking with us in this long, dense episode with so many things. I would absolutely love to hear your theories about all of this, the planets, the Cinder King, how investiture is working, what the grand apparatus might be. So hit us up, send us messages, tell us what you think. And until next time, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Thank you.